welcome to the Reading for Success podcast brought to you by the Success League. This podcast focuses on books, articles, and other resources for customer success, provides an overview of each, and gives you an honest assessment of whether or not it's worth your time. Hi, my name is Kristen Hare, and I'm the host of Reading for Success. I'm also the CEO of the Success League, a boutique customer success consulting and training firm based in San Francisco. Today, I'm continuing my review of The Effective Manager by Mark Horstman with chapters four through six on -on one-on-one meetings. This is such an important topic that I sincerely hope you'll stick around if you're a manager. But before we get to the book, I want to review a short article from The Economist called Stop All the Clocks in the October 17th through 23rd issue. This article talks about how flexible work is moving us away from the importance of working set schedules and highlights the advantages and a few disadvantages of this new way of working. Of course, the writer calls out that not every industry presents the possibility to its workers, but argues that COVID-19 has presented us with a few um, more flexible and effective means of balancing work and life. So how is this related to customer success? I think that CSMs and CS leaders need to consider two things related to this topic. First and foremost, our client's schedules may start to shift if they haven't already begun to do so. People won't be available at the same times as they have been in the past, and our CS programs will need to adjust to accommodate the needs of our clients. This leads me to my second point, which is that our schedules may need to adjust in a similar manner. As we emerge from the pandemic, CSMs and CS leaders need to be watching for these changes so that they can respond quickly. So what were my key takeaways here? Um, Slack did a survey that is referenced several times in this article. Notably, they found that flexible work is now viewed very positively by most workers and has been said to be improving both work-life balance and productivity. Also, flexible workers said that they felt like they belonged more in their organization, which I thought was interesting. And only 12% of the people surveyed said they wanted to return to a normal office schedule post-COVID. Wow. Um, Even after the last week's article, I would have expected that number to be a little bit higher. The other thing that stood out to me was the fact that they called out that a rigid eight-hour workday is restrictive in that that's when shops are open and when you can go to the doctor or the dentist. And I guess it's my American attitude talking here, but I've always assumed that I would just take time off when I had to do those things. But since The Economist is an international publication, it startled me a little bit to hear it put that way, but made me realize that most people around the world expect to be able to shop and expect to be able to go to the doctor without it being something they need to take time off for, which is frankly probably a healthier attitude. So is this article worth your time? This is a super short article, so we're not talking about much time here. If you're a CS leader, this is worth the quick read because it will highlight trends that are coming and will have a significant impact on your team and how you work in the future. If you're a CSM, this should also be of interest to you because you're going to have to get creative in terms of how to get in touch with your clients. So let's move on to our book. The Effective Manager by Mark Korsman is an excellent book on management. The three chapters we're reviewing today, chapter four through six, are all about conducting one-on-one meetings, which in my opinion and the author's is the most important thing you do as a leader. So what is this section about? Chapter four is called Know Your People, One-on-Ones. It covers the specific methodology that Mark recommends regarding setting up and conducting effective one-on-one meetings. 
Chapter five is common questions and resistance to one-on-ones. In this chapter, the author goes over how to respond to the questions and resistance that can crop up when you try to introduce one-on-one meetings to your team. And then chapter six is a short chapter called How to Start Doing One-on-Ones and is about exactly that. So what do I agree with and what resonated with me here in this set of chapters? I'm going to start by giving you the basics that Mark talks about related to one-on-one meetings. This is how he defines a one-on-one. It is scheduled. It is held weekly. It lasts for 30 minutes. It is held with each of your direct reports. Your direct reports issues are the primary topic, and you, the manager, take notes. All of these things need to be present in order for this to be an effective one-on-one, according to Mark, and he spends the rest of the chapter explaining why these things are true and providing excellent research that backs up his opinion. If you don't want to read this chapter, just back up this podcast, write down what I just said, and do those things, and you'll be on the right track. (laughs) In chapter four, the author also emphasizes that one-on-ones need to be scheduled meetings. One of my favorite quotes in this chapter states, quote, when you tell your directs that they're going to have scheduled time with you every week, no matter what, you elevate their importance to that of the rest of the items on your calendar. That is, you are making them also important, unquote. This is such a powerful statement. And if you consider it, the opposite is also true. If you aren't willing to schedule time to meet, you don't consider them as important as the rest of your calendar. Mark goes on to talk about the cadence and length of the meetings and has good data to back up his statements, but the scheduling of the meetings is the first priority. Chapter five is one of the most practical and useful chapters I've ever read in a business book. It covers every objection you could possibly get to starting to have one-on-ones with your team members and gives you a script for what to say in each case. I love that Mark takes the time to go into that level of detail um, because sometimes as a leader, you really need to plan out what you're going to say. He also gets into the nuances of the relationship with your direct reports by covering the things like the fact that you can't be friends with your employees. You can be friendly, but you can't be friends. How to go drinking with your team without losing their respect. How to tackle one-on-one meetings over the phone or on Zoom. How to handle social media with your direct reports. And how to have one-on-ones with peers in the organization. He covers a lot of ground, and this is definitely the biggest chapter in this section of the book. In contrast, chapter six is just four pages long and gives you a very simple step-by-step process for rolling out one-on-one meetings across your team if you haven't ever done them. So I really recommend that chapter. So what do I disagree with? There's two parts of this section of the book that didn't agree with me. The first is on page 41, where the author says, quote, directs tell us that they don't care if you move the meeting, unquote. This is in reference to his advice to just get the meetings on the calendar and then move them around if you need to. My experience with several direct reports is that they may tell you to your face that they don't mind if you move the meeting, but they feel let down and frustrated when you do it too much. An occasional reschedule is okay, but anything beyond that goes against the idea that they are important to you. I had a direct report become really upset in one of our one-on-one meetings because I had rescheduled three weeks in a row, and he felt that I didn't prioritize him or his work. It was an eye-opener for me, and now I try to choose times that work well and are less likely to be rescheduled. The second thing I disagree with is on page 73, where Mark talks about the fact that you don't need to talk about the future every week. I would argue that that is something you should talk about in every single one-on-one. Now, 
I don't think you need to take the big step back and say, quote, where do you want to see yourself in five years? <laughs> you know, I don't think you have to do that in every one-on-one. Um, but what I do think you should do in every one-on-one is take a few minutes to check in with your direct report on what they are doing to push themselves forward in their job and their career. For example, if you've had that big talk and you found out that your CSM wants to move toward project management in the future, you should be working with them to line up projects that help them move toward that goal, suggesting books that they should read or training that they should take, and then checking in with them to make sure they're headed in that direction. This does a few things. It builds your relationship with that team member, which is the primary reason for the one-on-ones in the first place. It also holds the direct report accountable for their growth objectives, which helps them out. And it gives you a clear idea of where they are trying to go and how committed they are to that goal so that you can be planning for how to replace them or helping to move them to a spot on your team where you can leverage those skills in the future. Having career objectives out on the table instead of hidden helps everyone. So the bottom line, is this worth reading? Chapters four and five are must-reads for any CS leader or CSM who aspires to be a leader. As I said at the beginning, conducting one-on-one meetings is the most important part of your job as a manager. You need to nail this, and Mark has a great structure and clear tactics for doing so. Chapter 5 also has great content on how to behave around your direct reports that all managers really need to take to heart. Chapter six is perfect if you've never rolled out one-on-one meetings. Um, If you're an aspirational leader, you can skip chapter six and come back to it when you become a manager. On the next episode, we'll be covering a new article as well as chapters seven through nine of this book. These next three chapters are about talking about performance and delivering feedback. So again, a very critically important topic. If you wanna read along, you can find this book on Amazon and Audible. Since this is a newer podcast, if you like it, please take a couple of minutes to rate it and subscribe. This really helps us get the word out. I would also love feedback on the timing, format, or content of this podcast and book suggestions. Just email me at kristen at thesuccessleague.io. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join Reading for Success next time.